Hello and welcome back to Walk the Cinema Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the movie Her. But first, a word from our sponsor. So I feel like, so I think this is going to be kind of a two-for-one episode. If you want it to be. Because we ended up watching Lars and the Real Girl Mm -hmm. right before we watched this one. Because I guess thematically they're both a guy getting a girlfriend that's atypical. Yeah, that's not really like a physical, real person. Yeah. But yeah, so the story of of her, we'll get into that first, is uh, the story of a man who writes letters for people. Yeah, and everyone loves his writing. He's very romantic and sensitive. and He's going through a divorce and yeah. he gets this new operating system and kind of falls in love with her it's obviously very it's not super in the future but it is in the future probably yeah this is a barely sci-fi rom-com kind of maybe a romance drama it is funny sometimes yeah in a very like they kind of just brush past it but yeah it's barely in the future it's barely sci-fi but it's still both of those things and it is it does have a look that is futuristic, kind of like an Apple commercial, mm. where Apple makes the commercials look like that because, you know, the new iPhone is the future. So Spike Jonesy in this movie makes it look like it's the future, the very near future that could happen very soon. And the whole movie is commentary on modern relationships. Yeah, like, I mean, there's even a... A scene like right at the very beginning when he's on the train and he he's getting read to the articles of the week and he's just saying skip and like everybody else around him in the train is also just kind of talking to themselves with their little earpieces in yeah so no, no one's one, like connecting with each other and they're not paying attention to each other they're in their own world and their mm-hmm. smartphones yeah but it's not like this is it's not like as if everyone in this universe is completely disconnected because we do see that he is he has friends from his work and friends from his college with uh, right. the Amy Adams character um the friend from work being Chris Pratt Chris Pratt's character so it's not like it's completely devoid of personal interactions i just think it's a lot of them do get do, a lot of the social interactions do get like i guess downgraded mm. into an app because like he writes letters for people it's like yeah he's a real human but he, the people are just going on a website and asking for a letter to be yeah. written to someone else and then like your phone does everything for you you get home and your operating system does everything for you and like the t- uh the the video games are more immersive so it's kind of like you you don't even have to have that kind of human connection because you can also talk to a video game as if and it'll respond to your words Mm -hmm. and your it'll be unique you know yeah it's very sci-fi in that way but nothing else about it is sci-fi it's it's just like technology that could realistically happen in 10 years five years yeah 15 20 years you know stuff that like would you could see our world progressing to yeah it's not spaceships and interplanetary colonies it's but everything else is pretty much rooted in reality you Mm -hmm. know where 
everyone still has like a somewhat normal job. We don't go anything crazy beyond that. But he does end up starting to develop a relationship with the operating system who is voiced by Scarlett Johansson. Which wasn't initially Scarlett Johansson. It was initially a different actress. And then Spike Jonze did not like it as soon as he started editing. Can you imagine the embarrassment you would feel as an actress? I think he asks for her blessing to get her off of it, but I'm not sure. Hmm. But Scarlett Johansson is really good in this. And I genuinely think this might be my favorite role of hers, even though she doesn't even show up. And she wasn't even involved during the beginning of it. Yeah. Like, she's really good in Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story and Lost in Translation whatever, but I really like this one for her. Yeah, she does a good job at portraying emotions. I mean, she's like... so good that he fired an actress they already did all the lines, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. So, she's she's really good in this. So is fucking Phoenix, which is not surprising. He's a great actor. He's become a great actor. He's really fell into the roles that I think benefit him the most now. Like, of course, everyone starting doesn't really do it, but nowadays you do see actors starting like that like Anya Taylor-Joy is very fitting for all of her roles and always gets praised yeah but he fell into that later and I think he's obviously really good and he's established himself as one of the best yeah because I think earlier in his career he was compared to his brother right a lot and he still kind of is sometimes but Uh it's been so many years since anyone saw anything of his brother because you know yeah. No longer with us. But, yeah, I think earlier in his career, he was definitely, like... He was a different actor. I guess he was trying to find his own voice. Yeah. And the roles that he would enjoy. Because this felt very similar to the more recent Come On, Come On. Like, his, yes. his acting and the tone of his voice and the way that he's not projecting. Yeah. Which is, of course, what Spike Jonze wanted here. That's the same thing he did for Adaptation, which we talked about for our friend Nico Watches Films on YouTube, or Nico Watches Movies. In Adaptation, he plays Nick Cage completely different from what you would learn in any acting class. And I think Phoenix in this also does that, where it doesn't project his voice. It always feels like he is talking to his phone, and not to a group of people. Right. It makes it feel more personal, like we're actually like watching him voyeuristically. You mm. know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And their relationship develops very organically. Right. And obviously they didn't... Like Scarlett Johansson wasn't really talking to Joaquin Phoenix, and Joaquin Phoenix wasn't talking to Scarlett or the other actress you well know. i feel like scarlet did get the benefit of listening to it That's and then true. being able to work with what was already there yeah but still, it's still incredible on his part that he could kind of just portray emotions when they're not really there's nobody there to give back to you right i would assume right but yeah this movie is at its heart i guess about emotional connections yeah because he has the physical connections he has friends i presumably he has family we don't really right see it but he has it like a goddaughter sure sure he has a but he's kind of stuck in this sense that 
it does feel like nobody can live up to his expectations Mm -hmm. where he builds these relationships up with specifically his wife you kind of see that his this is how his wife feels that she was never enough there was always something she could have been doing better to make him feel better in fact that's what connects it to the lars and the real girl yeah because he also has a woman that kind of wants to be with him but that's of no interest he wants to yeah but i feel like with lars and the real girl for those of you that have never seen it it is a little bit less popular but that one stars ryan gosling and it's about this man who is kind of recluse yeah, but I mean, the, it, it kind of comes off, like, in the spectrum situation. Yeah, like, he has mental issues. He's just not super emotionally developed. Yeah, and he ends up buying a sex doll, but then kind of forms a There's delusion. no sex. Yeah, it's... He's, no, he's in no way sexually interested in the doll. Yeah, but he kind of has this delusion where he thinks that she is a real person and has real conversations with her, and it's basically to help him move past the death of his mother and to help build the relationships that he already has but he hasn't like actually developed those relationships like he has a brother he has a sister-in-law he has work friends but even though he's really nice and everybody likes him there's no connection beyond that and this sex doll that he buys that he personifies as like a human um helps him create those connections yeah, he and can make him... her be whatever he wants her to be yeah and helps him stand on his own but i think what both movies also do outside from the main character is having all the side characters having to react to this weird relationship that they're both in mm-hmm. because you know in her we're kind of accepting that it's kind of common that people do fall in love with operating operation systems not like, you know, it's popular, but it is like everyone knows of a case yeah. of it happening. And, and then, it's you know, not treated as, not everyone treats it as super weird. I think it's kind of like they see it as just an interesting development, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and then some people think he's a loner and a weirdo for doing it. But then in Lars and the Real Girl also, like, it starts like people being like, that's not great. And then other people's like, it is what it is. You got to accept it. Yeah, we're trying him. to help him because yeah. it is a mental, he is going through something, like a mental breakdown type thing. Mm-hmm. And so the people in Lars and the Real Girl kind of help support him. But these movies are very different in, I'd say, their main characters and how they react. Because I think that Lars is emotionally stunted mm-hmm. and kind of, not really physically stunted, but, you know... He doesn't, he doesn't like hugs. Right. He doesn't like physical connections. Whereas in her, Theo, the main character, um, doesn't have that problem physically, really. No, he's a, he's a completely developed adult male. But he's underdeveloped in his, like, sense of expectations, I think. Right. With relationships. Sure. I could see that being a... And so I feel like the movies are comparable, but I feel like her is definitely a better movie, Uh like stylistically, production wise, you know, 
all of the movie elements, right? But I, I agree, I, it's a better I movie. Feel like I like the story of Lars and the Real Girl better. It's more tangible. It's more tangible, and I feel like it's more like Lars as a character. I love, you know, I really feel for Lars as a character because he's emotionally going through something that is a little bit more tangible in feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more pure. Like, it, it sounds absurd, the premise of it, but it's never really treated like it. There's, like, the one little bit where they joke about, like, oh, I can't believe he bought a sex doll. Right. But then after that, it's treated very much like this is his healing process. Yeah. You and, know? And for Lars, it's unequivocally you're supposed to feel bad for him. Yeah. In her... You don't know how to feel towards the main character. You could feel bad for him, right? Because maybe he is overcompensating for his divorce or his loneliness. But also, we're kind of brought to assume that there's nothing wrong with him dating the OS. So you're kind of happy that he found a true connection. Because in his eyes, it is a true connection. And it's not like a mental illness or a breakdown. It is a true connection for him. He might have been rooted in his heartbreak but it's still something that makes him feel a lot better and it's something that we can see makes him wake up happy go to bed happy so there's nothing wrong with what he's doing with Lars it kind of could be you know damaging yeah it's not it's not right in the sense that like it's obviously he's having a lapse in reality you know with Lars, but with Theo, it's not a lapse in reality. There is an actual OS system talking to him. Yeah. You know, it's not like... And it actually makes him feel better. It makes him heal from his divorce. And we can't... We don't really see a long-term benefit for the Lars situation. Yeah. I mean, with Theo and Scarlet, it kind of is... He, he does kind of treat it like a regular relationship at first i think which some parts of me are kind of like obviously he knows how to have a relationship he knows how to love but i do find it interesting that at the end when she goes away with all the other os's like they kind of uh stop existing on this plane of existence yeah you know and he says that he's never loved anyone like he's loved her. Right. Because and... I feel like it is a computer and it is made to please him. And it is made to feel like it's very close to him. Yeah, but even even so, like, um, Amy Adams' character said that, you know, some people have pursued their OSs and then got turned down. Right. You they know? have personalities and all that stuff. So it's not like... It's not like it has to be in love with him. True. And there's OSs that have fallen in love with people that are not their owners. Yeah. This, it is a very odd concept. Yeah, but I, I, this is kind of a character study, but also it has very impeccable world building. Mm. I feel like you never question anything that's happening. Like, you never question that everyone has their own OS that's like a personality that talks to them and every second of the day. You never question anything that any character does because the rules are so well implied mm. into the construction of this movie. 
And Lars doesn't have that at all. It's a lot more grounded and... Straightforward. Yeah, straightforward, less complex, and just, I guess, less artistic, in a way. Mm. It doesn't have its own visual style. Not that it looks bad, it just doesn't stand out the way Ur does. Because, again, it does look like an Apple... It does. It does It does look like a, a futuristic commercial that's supposed to tote, you know, the future and elegance and yeah, It's whatnot. very elegant. It's really pretty. And I really love all the clothes that they got for Phoenix. Yeah, he, he dresses very sharply. Yeah, it's like, and it's kind of futuristic, but in like a vintage, like those clothes will be vintage in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very crisp. I like I like it. And it makes it visually very entertaining as well. Yeah. And I remember when this movie came out, I think I must have been a sophomore in high school. And I remember me and my friends talking about it and how weird this movie sounded. Yeah, it sounds really goofy. Like, it, it sounds so goofy, but you watch it and you're kind of like, okay, this is... This is good, objectively. I know that, like, every time I heard about it before I watched it, I thought it was really, really goofy. And we haven't seen this in almost, like, three years. Yeah. But I remember the three years ago, almost, we were, like... That was surprisingly good. Yeah, surprisingly, like, this is really good. Because all we heard about it was, like, how silly it is. It's a guy dating his phone or his computer. Yeah, it's and very, it, like... It, it is. It is that, but it's not just that for jokes. It's that as commentary. Mm-hmm. It's that as the evolution of dating now. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, this was kind of before the big boom of dating sites. And, you know, I think this was probably before Tinder and and Bumble and, you know, all these... You had, like, the big ones, like Match.com and... Christian Mingle. <laughs> I mean, even in Lars, which is older? Yeah, it is older. Like it came out in some years. 2007, and this the, came out in 2013. They do mention, like, some, like, oh, a lot of people are meeting online nowadays. Yeah. So it is, I mean, it's, it wasn't the norm. And still, like, it is the norm now. If you want to believe it or not, it is. Statistically. But a lot of people seem to believe that it's still this dangerous situation, that you're going to get catfished. So it's still not, like, openly talked about socially even though it's the norm and most new couples do form online yeah so both of these movies do tackle that and tackle how society is not super into that and then some people are also scared that from the future there's going to be no human connection and all the relationships are going to be quote-unquote fake yeah because i think that the there is a good dichotomy i guess in this movie where the two women, like human women in Theo's life are his ex-wife, Catherine, who he's still friends with. And then his friend from college, um, Amy Adams' character, which her name is escaping me right now. And he also makes that way to live your wild. Yes, <laughs> but that's I'm talking about the two women that are like in his life. Yeah. Where one thinks it's really sad that he can't deal with real relationships. Right. It's it's you're dating a computer because it's fake. Yeah. And you don't want it to be real. Yeah, and you it's easier to manip- like kind of manipulate the computer into being what you want than it is for a human person with human emotions to to 
do what you want. And so I think like after that is kind of when he starts to pull away from, from Samantha, the phone or the computer or whatever, you know, where he, he does start to pick a fight with her where he's like, why do you sigh after you say words? You're not, you don't have to breathe. You're a computer. And right. she's he, like, he does get put those doubts in his head where yeah. like you're dating a computer and that kind of does affect him. Yeah. But then you have, he has another conversation with Amy Adams' character after, you know, she says that her and her husband are going to get a divorce over, you know, probably years, years of buildup. But the thing that really... Yeah, she said after eight years of dating, this yeah. happened. Yeah, eight years it's of so marriage. so stupid. I put my shoes where they don't want them. Yeah. And she didn't want to get off the couch to put the shoes away. <laughs> yeah. Which it, it is. That's not the reason they broke up. That's no, just the straw that it's just the catalyst. Broke. But she says where he's like talking about like whether or not he's ready for like a real relationship or if the relationship he's in is real. And she's like, well, I'm not in it. But if you think it's real and you're having real emotions, then what, why wouldn't that be real? It's kind of two different sides. We we also see the side of the girl that wants to be the physical Mm. embodiment of the voice. She's there just to help. Right. Mm -hmm. And and she she really wants to, she thinks what they have is beautiful and she wants to help them grow it. So there is this, social divide that a lot of people think it's great and then some people think it's fake and weird which Which, is the commentary in itself yeah and i mean it's the same thing with online relationships even today i feel like there's some people that are still out there that are like right online relationships you shouldn't do or you shouldn't meet someone online right even though it's a lot safer and you actually get to know them better before you have to physically be with them yeah, obviously I, there's still like the issues of catfishing potentially sure. and or I do like underst- scamming. I do understand that it's not human nature. It's human nature to make physical connections, connections, yeah, and to see people and to just stumble onto a relationship. But uh, now a lot of people are just used to the online dating and they're not hurting anyone. And I don't know why some people get up in arms at this. I don't know. It's kind of the norm now, and I think it'll it'll get you know progressively better and i'm sure at some point with the metaverse coming (laughs) there'll be even new ways to communicate with people and whatnot you know (laughs) right but i guess we talk about lars or give it a rating really quick because the episode is mainly not about lars and the real girl i give it a seven oh we're talking about lars yeah i gave it also a seven or no i gave it an eight yeah i I did give it an eight eight. sorry very fun i yeah, it met the expectations. I thought it'd be fun, and uh, it is. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. It's endearing, but for her, I think hers a lot better. I gave it a nine out of ten. I think it's one of Spike Jonze's better adaptations that he actually wrote himself, mm. and he did win best original screenplay. Yeah, for yeah. an Oscar. Not that he has a lot of work done overall, but every time he works, he does do a great job. But like, I guess this is top two for me Hmm. i gave it an eight um same same scoring as as lars and the real girl um because i I both like the movies but i i do think that her is a better film in terms of like i said everything everything like (laughs) well everything thematically and like uh, 
artistically it is a more artistic take on dystopian relationships i'll call it that yeah but i feel like i connected more with lars and the real girl in a sense that it just made me happy in a way and i think at the end of the day that's gonna be what makes you enjoy her is if you connect to it I think you can enjoy Lars and the real girl without connecting to it because it is funny and it has all those family elements Mm-mm. about closeness and community and her doesn't really have that as much, but it is emotionally just more artistically put together. It's kind of like a dance yeah, and it makes me happy and I like both of them and I'd watch both of them again and most likely will. And yeah, the, the, they're both great movies. I guess this episode is about both of them. In a way. Yeah, mostly about her, but a little bit about Lars. I know a lot of people make the comparison that that Lars and the real girl is... It, Lars and the real girl walked so that her could run. Yeah. I've seen that comment before, so... They're, very, is, they're very different. They're different, but they, they do have the same type of... Central theme. Yeah, yeah. Feel, I guess. So, we'll see you next week, hopefully. And don't forget to give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and a thumbs up on YouTube. And we'll see you next time.